Hello, and welcome to Leadership Stories with Dr. Mary, helping leaders lead with their best life story. I'm Dr. Mary Mkandawiri, medical doctor, now turned leadership consultant, and a lifelong lover of great stories. Each week, I combine my passion for great stories with my passion for great leadership to bring you inspiring as well as actionable tips and strategies to help you love your life, lead with impact, and transform your world. Thanks for joining me today. Let's jump straight into your weekly dose of leadership stories. And as usual, joining me for the conversation today is my producer, Yami. Welcome. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> in the house. Yeah, in the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so mm. good. So good to be here mm. and looking forward to today. And yeah. Just life-giving conversations. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's really great. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So today's episode is titled Making Lockdown Meaningful. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, we're in the middle of this COVID-19 yes. pandemic and it seems the whole world is under lockdown. Yeah, uh, I know it's not quite, but most countries have decided to take that route. Mm. At the time of this recording, our country, Malawi, isn't under lockdown yet. Yeah. But the government is seriously considering Absolutely. lockdown as yeah. a measure right, yeah. to curb the spread of coronavirus in the mm. country. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's some things that are harsh, but are mm. necessary, but also there are some things that um, I don't think in my entire life there's mm. ever been a moment or a time like this. Yeah. So this is yeah. uh, strange. It Even is. the idea of lockdown. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and there are a lot of arguments uh, for both sides of like, mm -hmm. no, let's not do it or let's do it. But to an extent, I feel like everyone agrees we need to do it. Just find better ways mm. of making sure that everyone is cushioned in a way that honors what it means to be human. Yeah. Um, and, and that we make sure that it's not only people that have resources that mm. are safe in this time or people that don't have resources, it's almost like another death sentence. Yeah, I mean, that's the argument people have been saying for and against. Yeah. It's that in our setting, yeah. we have lots of people who are existing on the, the poverty line anyway, yeah. people who are subsistence where they're living from hand to mouth every yeah. day. They need to go out there and hustle and, yeah. and make some money, yeah. you know, exchange some goods and services in order for them to be able to feed their families. So if you lock people down, it's like you're kind of taking away their livelihood. Yeah. And also in some of the high density areas, yeah. the way people are living anyway, they're in such close quarters. Oh. And when you lock them down, they're living in one room house anyway, extended family. So yeah. even just the situation that other people in our country are living, living in the yeah. lockdown might not be the the solution yeah for for our settings for, yeah. yeah or yeah. we need to rethink how we can yeah. support those people if we do decide to lock down yeah yeah i think contextualization mm. to a lot of the solutions we learn from other places should mm. be something that is part of the first steps exactly um, yeah. when we're deciding on doing something because by the end of the day, we do lock down, but everyone is basically staying in each other's compound exactly, on the line yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. I, f I feel like uh, as leaders, we have to ask tough questions sometimes, mm, mm. even when they're not the most fun questions to yeah. be answering. Or the most popular, right? Or, yes. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. like how are we going to take care of 
people mm. that are living in this kind of space mm-hmm. uh, and what can we do and what can we bring to the table because we cannot continue living like everyone is on their own mm. uh, in a lot of these things because they tend to affect everyone. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I believe as as a country, Malawi, um, uh, there are ways we need to really, really rethink. Yeah. Um, and sometimes solutions are all over the place from local people, people mm-hmm. on the ground, from people like you and me and people uh, that are our friends and not our friends, just in different spaces. When we rethink based on our context, yeah. I yeah. think we can uh, find solutions that mm-hmm. are better and life-giving. You know? Yeah. You know what? As you've been talking, a story Yes. has come to mind. Uh-huh. Stories. <laughs> and yeah. this is all about leadership was, stories, right? for that. Yeah. yeah. So just, uh, and the stories that I'm most familiar with are my stories, right? Yes. So I tend to bring them up a lot. But I'm just going back, thinking about these um, high density areas. I remember when I first came back from the UK, from Liverpool, doing my master's degree in public health. That was the year 2000. Mm -hmm. And I was working at a malaria project, doing research into HIV, AIDS, and malaria. Mm. And I was based out in Dirande Health Center. Mm. And I was working on a research project um, that was looking into Fansida. So way back then in 2000, Fansida was the first line of treatment for malaria. But that was the time where resistance was growing. So Fansida was no longer working. And we were doing the first clinical trials to find an alternative. Mm. So the clinical trial that... Yeah, it was. Uh (laughs) So the clinical trial that I was involved in, essentially out of the health center... Women would bring their their children and we'd recruit them to the study. So we'd check if they had signs of malaria and if they had malaria parasites when we did the blood test. Then we'd recruit appropriate um, participants into our study. And so we'd give them Fansida. Initially, it was just still giving them Fansida to see, did they recover? Did the treatment work or not? And so the women would have to bring their children back after a couple of weeks or whatever for us to see, did Mm. the... Did they respond? Yeah. Now, if they didn't come back, they didn't bring the children back, then it was up to us now to kind of go into the community and find our patients to wow. see were they okay or were they not. And that was an eye-opener for me mm. because, you know, I live just across the road from yeah. Ndirande. For those yeah. who don't know, Ndirande is one of the high-density areas here where we're living in Blantai, Malawi. Mm. But that was really the first time for me to go out into the, the heart of Ndirande. Yeah. So we'd leave Ndirande Health Center in our big white Pajero, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. going down these narrow roads. And if you've been there, I mean, these, you can't even call them roads like a dirt track and on either side you've got people on either side you've got all sorts of like structures on either side and people selling their wares and their goods on either side of the road Mm -hmm. and then eventually this little dirt track comes to an end Mm -hmm. right yeah so we have to get out yeah and if you know anything about malaria Mm -hmm. season it's rainy season yeah so we're getting out into this unidentified kind of water with all sorts of unidentifiable things floating in it. If it was just trash, that would be fine. But there's no indoor plumbing or anything in these places. So we don't really know what we're walking through. Yeah. So we'd be walking down 
these tiny little paths between these informal, you know, structures like mud houses and, and what have you. And there's all this dirty water meandering through until we finally get to this place, you know, the patient's house. Yeah. And they're living in a run-room house and they're like 10 people, yeah. extended family members living mm. in this mud house. Yeah. And I remember during the rainy season in the health center, we'd mm. have kids coming in every day who'd been, you know, badly injured, some even dead because these mud huts have fallen yeah. during the night because of yeah. the rain. And so every day, well, maybe not every day, but regularly during the week, I'm going and finding where the patients live. Yeah. And there's all, and I'm wondering, and I'm thinking to myself, like here I am mm. looking for an alternative treatment to malaria. Mm. And yet... To me, the issue wasn't really the malaria treatment. Yeah. It was the conditions that the people were living in. Mm. You know, it seemed to me that they were living in a breeding ground for malaria. They were yeah. living in a place where uh, just poverty, and we know poverty is, you know, precursor to so many diseases and what yeah. have you. So sometimes the solutions that we come up with shouldn't really be cut and paste. Yeah, by all means, look for an alternative treatment yeah. for malaria, but mm -hmm. also deal with some of these underlying social yeah, so structures true. and systems that we have. And I think that that is the part where we feel like for a lot of people, there's a disconnect, mm. uh, even with COVID-19, because yeah. uh, a lot of people are like, no, let's just lock down. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but do you know other people won't have food at all? Exactly. And for a lot of yeah. people, there's a disconnect because mm. an idea of not having food it's not something I've had to wrestle with. In our heads and minds, just like, you know, you figure it out. You're mm. broke. But sometimes mm. uh, for a lot of us, when you're broke, you still have sugar at the house. You yeah. still have yeah. water. When you're broke, you still have a car. But for a lot of people, mm. they have to find that meal for that lunch yeah. and then dinner. Figure out breakfast. And mm. So for me, mm -hmm. I feel like contextualization is, is a gift we need to embrace as a country. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, and we have to ask hard questions. Uh, mm -hmm. We have to ask, and I know the government is trying and doing a lot, even with mm -hmm. the markets. You can see the the things that are saying that some markets will be open and all mm -hmm. these kind of things. Those are spaces that allows us, but this brings us to more deeper conversations yeah. for later that yeah. I'm hoping we can even yeah. come through mm -hmm. as people that are be, have encountered God and just God. How can we get involved in the works of loving other people in the places God has planted us? Exactly. So, yeah. 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 So no cut and paste, but... I thought since lockdown is a very real possibility yeah. here in this country, I want to be prepared. Yes, right? <laughs> yes. So I went to my Facebook page and I asked my friends, because I have friends living all over the world. So I asked my friends who are living in countries that are currently already in lockdown. Mm -hmm. I wanted, I asked, you know, what's the best way for me to be prepared? And I just asked, you know, what's the most difficult thing as well about being in lockdown? Mm -hmm. And what's the best thing about being nice. in lockdown? All right. So we're going to just go onto my Facebook page and we'll discuss some of All the answers. Right. Is that good? Let's do and it. So I think I'll start with the responses that got the most interaction because I presume that they resonated yeah. with more people. Yeah. And we'll see what we can tackle okay, in the time we have. It. Let's do it. Yeah. So the first response is from Deca. And Deca is based in South Africa. And we know South Africa is under lockdown right now. Mm -hmm. And so her answer was you know, for the way that I should get ready is, first of all, pick someone who can't afford good quality, nutritious food and get them some. 
Number two, eat lots of fiber and hydrate, hydrate, hydrate to counter the effects of the reduced level of movement. Take advantage of the slow pace to catch up with your first love, Jesus. Get lots of praise and worship songs to sing along to as you're doing the mundane stuff, and there's lots of it, and your more sedentary hobbies. It will remind your spirit to be grateful. Pull out and dust the old board games, Monopoly, Snakes and Ladders, Ludo. <laughs> You'll need the variety, the laughter, and the mental stimulation. Yeah. Stuck up on thread, elastic baking ingredients, journals, pens, etc. As you yeah. slow down, you'll become more aware and responsive to God's creativity working in you, and you'll get lots of ideas. Enjoy connecting with your housemate. And she put a little love heart, meaning her husband. And then one, don't... Don't watch endless newsreels. It's not edifying. Wow. And she puts, by the time you finish reading this, the lockdown will be over. <laughs> yeah. you know? And I really love her answer because it's so holistic. Yeah. It's not that she hasn't just mentioned one thing and she yeah. hasn't gone all on the spiritual, but yeah. she's, she's approached, taken a holistic approach and yeah. touched on all areas of our lives and touched on that laughter wow. and connecting with each other and taking care of your physical, you know, the hydrate, eat right. Mm. Um, and also I love that she actually started not with herself, yeah. but with find somebody who that can't so afford, yeah. you know, good nutritious food and get them some. So I really love this answer because it's so holistic and it's touching on all the life areas because sometimes you can just focus on one area to the exclusion of others i really loved decker's response yeah i think that is even for malawi as i'm thinking we have a lot of people that won't afford as we were talking about all that they need in this time and uh, for this time for some of us that can afford Mm. we can go on the tendency of since i'm not doing a lot of things the money that i was gonna use for my gas Mm. or for this let me just buy extra expensive stuff to have you know right while Mm -hmm. i can actually say you know what there are more people that won't have a bag of maize Mm -hmm. what if i buy a few of those and Mm -hmm. give to someone what if i pay for a water bill for that couple or for those friends what if i get something like that so i think that is really kind Mm. because i feel like with this lockdown the easiest thing to do is to be selfish yeah but it's an opportunity to be kind Mm -hmm. and i think that first thing she put there Mm. is like an invitation to whatever you do be kind yeah be kind to others yeah Uh, be aware of those that are around you be aware of those that don't have as you be aware of Mm. those that actually need and might mm. not even ask. And I, I yeah. think I like that. I like yeah. that when everything is just pushing me to accumulate more for me, for me, for me, for mm. me. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, uh, be aware mm. of those people that don't have, mm-hmm. uh, that cannot afford to eat this time and give them a gift. And mm. you may not know how far that gift will go. And that's so important because I think some of the early images that we had of lockdown in other countries was yeah. people hoarding trolleys ah. full of stuff, people beating each other up because ah. of toilet, toilet paper. paper. I'm like, just like what's dudes, going what's on? happening? You know, yeah. so I really love this, you know, outlook of, you know, yeah. it's not just about me and not going into a, a scarcity mindset, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I love that she began, with, you know, yeah. look out for your neighbor yeah. in this. Yeah, and I love mm. the, the part where she says creativity 
but just come out mm. um, mm-hmm. when you know in those spaces. I feel like a lot of people are creative, yeah. but work and life has just not allowed us to be in places where yeah. we can explore yeah. how much we can be. We are creative, or mm-hmm. uh, what we can do with our time and resources. So I think mm-hmm. just enjoy certain things is a good mm-hmm. gift in this time. Yeah, and the creativity. It's also just innovation in this time because we are in a new normal. Like when we emerge from this COVID-19, the world is going to be different. And some businesses, the way we do life, the way we do work, the way we do church, the way we do everything, it's going to be different. So use this time to think of creative ideas, innovative ideas. You know, try to imagine what the world will be after this. And you may need to kind of reinvent yourself, reinvent what you do, reinvent your business. Whereas if you're just kind of doing Netflix and just YouTube video after YouTube video, you know, take some time to use this to develop yourself. Yeah. Do some personal development. Do something so that when Read you come books. out of this, you come out better. Read books. Yeah, yeah I'm all about books. Yeah, you are all about books. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, she's all about books. Like read as well. Yeah. Sell your car, buy books. <laughs> she's that type of person. I'm just being You know it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so use this time creatively to develop yourself and to come up better than you went in. Um, when you were talking about how this is a new normal, I was actually rethinking workspace, right? Mm. That um, I was talking with a friend of mine who runs an, an NGO. Mm. It's like, man, they rent this huge office space. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're almost able to do most of the work just online in their mm. homes. And he is at a place where mm-hmm. he's rethinking, did we really need all that space? Yeah. Did we really need all those resources? And yeah. can we pump those resources back into the actual work? Yeah. And those other things. So I think the opportunity to rethink how we do things mm-hmm. should not be ignored. Yeah. Um, and, and if space allows you to do what you do better, mm-hmm. great. Uh, but if maybe empowering your people with other resources allows everyone to do mm. certain things better, maybe mm-hmm. we all need to rethink. So yeah. Um, yeah. even for me as as a pastor, uh, thinking about church work, it's really, really strange because mm-hmm. I am I love people. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> I love sitting <laughs> next to people. Um, yeah. But this, this time has pushed all of us to really rethink mm-hmm. how to love our congregations and how that looks mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I think being at a place where uh, we have an amazing building that the Lord has allowed us to be using, mm. um, but being at a place where I'm rethinking, okay, so there's a lot of times we're not using this building. Can we mm. allow kids in this city to come and learn skills mm-hmm. and do all these other things? So it's given me mm-hmm. ideas beyond... Uh, just a Sunday or midweek stuff we were doing yeah. to say, okay, yeah. can other people utilize this space? Because mm-hmm. now it's allowing me to see, but end of the day, just having this cool thing that we own this place and do this is not mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. But the, the question I'm more asking now is like, how can we let humanity flourish? And mm-hmm. and it's it's literally this season that's, that's pushed me to do that. Mm-hmm. Before that, you know me, I always love to help people and do all this yeah. risky, crazy stuff. Yeah. But this time I think it's pushing me further to just go like, okay, uh, how can we collaborate with mm-hmm. other people? How can we engage the spaces we are in, in the community God has planted us, mm-hmm. and what needs can we respond to, not just financially, but even mm. with our spaces, and mm. how can we be generous? Yeah. So for me, that's yeah. where I've been at with mm-hmm. this whole thing. 
Yeah. You know, as you're speaking, something, a phrase came to mind. And it's that oftentimes we love things and use people, Mm. whereas we need to love people People and use things. So So I'm thinking that we really, you've said something about just the resources that we had, have this huge building and yet it's just sitting there. Why not? Instead of paying all that rent as an NGO, you know, get rid of that building and actually use the money to the, you know, down. Exactly. And a lot of the times our resources, we need to rethink even our homes, even our, our money and everything that we have, you know, Values. What is it that we value and what are these things for? You know, especially as people of faith, people of believers in Jesus Christ. Yeah. We really need to shift our priorities, I believe. Oh, yeah. And even in terms of the church, a lot of the times we have lots of spectators in yeah. the church watching you pastors doing your yeah. thing yeah, up true, there, right? True. So we also need to think, how can we shift some of these things and kind of push them down to the individual believer so it's not like the leadership kind of the ones doing church for us yeah. but so we're that, all involved so yeah. people are not consumers of exactly the staff, yeah but they're participators yeah. in the work yeah. god has called the mm-hmm. church and i think the other thing i'm talking now about relationships mm. i love how She's talked about, you know, spend some time with your roommate. Get to know mm-hmm. your roommate. Uh, <laughs> and, and actually that reality of our culture had become so consumer-driven mm. that relationships were things we were consuming. Mm-hmm. And the idea of a relationship requires you to give time, mm-hmm. to give resources, and to just be there and be present mm-hmm. was almost a transactional thing. I'll only be mm-hmm. present if you do this. My biggest thing this week has been relationships are built. They're not just found. That is pushing me to go like, okay, what are the things I can do to build a healthier relationship with my wife, mm. uh, with the people God has allowed me to meet? Because a gift is in meeting them. But for that to grow, I have to intentionally build that. Yeah. Um, so... Um, I can't just be going around saying I'm looking for something when I'm ignoring the people I have now that will become healthier people, that will become healthier relationships up until I choose to build them. So I feel like we are so fast, we are microwaving everything, that this is a chance for us to go like, hey, it's okay to go and coleza in Barola and Mm. start something slow and Mm -hmm. build it and watch how beautiful that Mm-hmm. can become so yeah yeah but this thing has this um pandemic lockdown has really revealed what you're talking about about relationships mm. that some parents this is the longest time they've ever spent with their kids <laughs> in the house you know how to do exactly <laughs> and they're like where's the teacher i need to get this child oh, off to school and what have so for it's a real challenge and even um couples mm. you know married couples people are staying together yeah. they haven't really had to be in together. that space and unfortunately incidences of domestic violence yeah. and gender based violence have yeah, actually gone sad. up so it's kind of this COVID-19 crisis has revealed yeah. a lot in terms of our relationships yeah, yeah. And, and I think we shouldn't pass the opportunity to really rethink how we do relationships mm. uh, because if relationships are something we consume it has to meet a need it has to act the way I want it. It has to be controlled. Mm. It has to be in a certain environment. Well, people are not like that. No, people have feelings. All. People yeah. have uh, fears. People 
have health things. People mm-hmm. are growing and people are learning and people are different. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when I look at relationships as stuff I'm consuming, mm-hmm. I turn people into stuff. Yeah, I've turned yeah. their relationships around me are things that I need to manipulate and just meet my needs. Well, when mm. I know that relationships are about people and I rethink that, yeah. then it allows me to give myself grace and to give people grace. It yeah. allows me to yeah. forgive. It allows me to ask questions, allows me to learn. It allows me to do these things. Because for me, the sad part when I'm thinking about all this violence growing and mm. all these things we're hearing, mm. it's literally for me as a consumer, consumer is always looking for an upgrade. If something mm. is not working wow. the way it's supposed to work, then you either pushes it to say, I'm going to find something because in my brain, I just need an upgrade. So I only keep this up until the new comes. So I don't invest. I don't build. I don't learn. I don't give grace. And I think Mm. this is revealing that kind of relationships. Mm. So when Mm. your spouse is not treating you right, you tend to be abusive and uh, and Mm. then you blame it on them because they're just a product that's supposed to work a certain Mm. way. They're Mm. not a human. They're not a person. So I feel like we've done that with computers, with phones, with cars, with homes, Mm. with everything to the point that we've just transferred the way we think about the things Mm. to how we think about relationships with Mm -hmm. people and we're failing to stop. But I feel like this is an opportunity for people to see how far we have taken this consumer driven culture, even Mm -hmm. into our relationships that we are now just treating each other as stuff we find in shops. Yeah. Wow. That's sad, right? Very sad. But uh, I think the opportunity, though, yeah. in this, because, yeah. dude, you're gonna, yeah. that was too heavy. Wow. I'm sorry, dude. Come on. Uh. Come on. Uh, but the opportunity is because people are missing that contact and that interaction just generally. Yeah. I think we're actually seeing the, the value of our mm. relationships. Mm. We are missing, you know, just hugging somebody, yeah. shaking their hand, giving yeah. them a fist bump or a high five yeah. or whatever. All that's gone all of a sudden. Mm. And so we're missing and we're realizing that we need each other. I think the other thing also is that this thing of being isolated, we really are a global village. Yes. I mean, this thing started in China and oh. has gone all over the world. world, So there's no way you can be in America and say, I don't care what happens in China. I don't care what happens in Africa. I don't care what happens anywhere else. Or you can't be in Africa and think, oh, well, whatever happens in China stays in China. No, we are all connected as humanity. Stays (laughs) in Vegas. It's no longer. That was a lie all all, all along. They lied to us, right? They lied to us. So we really are connected. And for me, it's as the church yeah. we really need to start thinking like you know globally you said go into all the world yeah right so we yeah. really need to start thinking about what does this mean yeah. that we are local but we're also global we are local mm. and we are global mm. that's so true well this has been a great conversation and we only managed to look at one, one response. Thank you so much, Deka, for your response. We loved it. I think lots of people on Facebook loved it as well. That's why there was so much interaction around your response. That's all we have time for in this episode. Thanks again for joining us. If you have a question, leave a voice message for me. Also leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And to engage with us further, follow the links to my website and my social media. So thanks for listening and always remember, 
You were created to love your life, lead with impact, and transform your world.